only constant thing is change. And if it's not COVID, it's going to be something else. And so when you can really anchor yourself in recognizing how empowering it is to control that circle of control and really recognize that those things are always accessible to you, that's when you start to be less affected by all of the bigger things out there. They still definitely can impact our day to day, but then there's this internal power that comes from you that you now bring to all of that. Hello, Prescott. You know that every successful life story starts with a caring teacher. You know the value of an education at a public school rooted in the community, but it is hard to stay connected to that community feeling during this time of distance learning and overwhelming demands. This podcast is for you. Each month will make it easier for you to stay connected, informed, and involved. Join us to hear from teachers, historians, parents, and community members about what makes Prescott schools more than just classrooms and campuses. Join us to find out how PUSD is overcoming the current challenges and laying the foundation for an even stronger, more hopeful future. I'm Charles Matthews, your host and producer. This month, my co-host is Kelly Bradstreet, the Director of Instructional Support for Prescott Unified School District. Kelly is committed to creating a collaborative learning environment that empowers others to have a voice in the district's shared vision, values, and goals. Prior to Kelly's position in the administration, she taught high school English for 29 years, and she mentored other teachers as an instructional coach for eight of those years. Kelly is also a world traveler and a TEDx presenter. Our guest this week is Jesse Stickle, who is the student success coach at Prescott High School. I've known and worked with Jesse Stickle for years, and I know she is passionate about helping people turn problems into possibilities. Jesse created a self-care series for staff this past spring, and she will be delivering part two of this series in the fall. Jesse also founded Inspired Freedom Coaching, where she works with teens, families, and adults so that they can become the best versions of themselves. And to be frank, I'm a better version of myself after having listened to this podcast episode a couple of times. But while Jesse is an inspiring change, she is staying active with her three beautiful boys, Easton, who's eight months old, Hudson, who's three, and Avery, who's five. I got to meet Easton last week and immediately fell in love with him. Nothing against Houston and Avery, they're, they're fine boys. On this, our first episode of the PUSD podcast, Jesse, the always optimistic possibilitarian, is here to share with us the five C's of coping with change and how we can identify our strengths and lean in on those strengths in times of uncertainty. We learn simple, actionable steps like setting up our workspace and making time for what energizes us versus what drains us, and making sure we are still connecting in meaningful and fulfilling ways. Jesse and Kelly are funny and smart and passionate, and they have a wealth of experience and knowledge to share with us today. This is an episode you'll want to keep in your rotation. All right, let's get unified. Welcome everybody to this first episode of the PUSD podcast, and I'm so excited to be here with some of my favorite people, Kelly Bradstreet and Jess Stickle, who are going to introduce themselves in a second. And we're talking about success and success during difficult times. So Kelly, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do for, for PUSD and, and why you're here today? Absolutely. I feel very honored to be a part of the first PUSD podcast. Exciting. I am the Director of Instructional Support for PUSD, and what that means is I support teachers. That's kind of the bottom line. 
and I'm in charge of our instructional coaching team. I run the curriculum in our district and professional development. And I feel pretty passionate about professional development for teachers, not just the academic, but also the personal. And so we have had an emphasis in our district to like self-care. And it's been a theme that we've had. I do a five things every week with them in email. And we're always trying to put on different things to let them know that it's okay to take care of your first self first. And Jesse's been a really big part of that in our district. So, so thank a, you for having me on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, thank you for taking that role. I mean, it's so important. I mean, being a teacher is hard enough. Yes, it before. is. <laughs> yeah, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've, I've been a, I've been a classroom teacher. I've worked at a well-funded school. I've worked at a not, not well-funded school. I know what it's like to have to grade papers until midnight and then try and come up with a course plan for the next day and work with kids who are coming in from all kinds of different emotional states and, and be my best self in, in front of everybody. So thank you for, thank you for supporting those teachers. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And Jess Stickle, you, Kelly already kind of introduced you a little bit. What are you helping out with at POSD these days? Sure. So I have been with the district for about five years now and I came in as a school counselor and then I, my role evolved and I got to be more of a social emotional coach, which was wonderful. So I have a program that's called the student success program. And really that's allowed me to do one-on-ones with students. And then we do group work as well. So we've had boys groups and girls groups. And now it's evolving as Kelly's saying that teachers have needs as well. So since COVID has come in, I've actually evolved into more of a self-care coach. And so now I'm running some staff self-care sessions and they've been tremendously well attended and just really successful. And it's also led into success for the students. And so we have gone at it where we've allowed students to come in for their typical groups, but now we've opened up that space for teachers to kind of have that group uh, dynamic going on. And then each week we have some self-care tips or talks about it. And then we are able to walk away with a tangible tidbit, you know, to help the students and the staff. So PUSD is really becoming a community of people looking out for one another. It sounds like, I mean, I know that that was true before COVID and it sounds like it's being even more thoughtfully and intentionally done. Am I, am I getting that right? That's right. I would say we have always been a family in PUSD and we've always taken care of our own, but I love the word that you use, which is intentional. We're being very intentional about it. As we become more and more aware of what's on our teacher's plates, we need to give them permission because they don't give themselves permission to take care of themselves. And it's amazing what happens when Jesse holds a session. She had one yesterday for our leaders. It's amazing what happens. It's like, oh, what I can, what I can put myself first. It's, it's really touching and, um, really needed right now. Great. And I would, I would say that's the best gift is it's a space. It's just a very safe space for people to feel and be human. And we share the human experience. And I just think when we're allowed to do that and we can have a safe release, then we show up so much better. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm really curious what people think who are listening to this podcast and are hearing language like it's coming out of a, a self-help retreat in Sedona, you know, giving space, having a place to breathe, being able to put oneself first. And I, I just, I'm really glad that those important notions about psychological and social wellness are in the schools where 
all of our kids are, even if even if they're not there physically. Uh, and you know, and I know that POSD is one of the largest employers in in this town as well. So not only are our kids there, our adults are there. And then of course, and you know, what's really exciting about this process is that it really does transfer. So as we give teachers that space and that a permission to take care of themselves, they then somehow find ways to transfer that with our kids. Because once you experience something viscerally, you're more likely then to pass that on because it's worked for you. So once you experience a, a sense of wellness, a sense of relief, a sense of space just, being listened to? Space being listened to, even even being given strategies that, you know, Jesse has these strategies and they're super simple. But, you know, it just, I don't know, like the simplicity is what works, I think. That's great. And I'm really excited to, to hear from Jesse, you know, about that approach, about that, keep it simple and those, those simple steps that we can take. I know that I'm going to come away with some, with some to-do lists, uh, for my own self-care. I make up that I'm fine, but I know that I'm really <laughs> not. And, and, you know, something we were talking about before we hit record is that, you know, various studies are showing that at least 40% of the adult population in the U S is experiencing depression or anxiety. And that's just self-reported. It's probably underreported. So, you know, at, at least 40% of the teachers are experiencing this. And then, of course, the kids, especially the vulnerable kids, are probably feeling it even more. So what's, what are you seeing among the, among the kids and the, and the staff? Uh, are they coping? Are they struggling? Uh, what, are they, what are they experiencing? Well, what I'm hearing most is just there's this feeling of overwhelm. And I think they're not sure where to go next. There's, so there's overwhelm and then there's lack of clarity. And I think when there's lack of clarity, we don't know how to define what our role is or what we need to do to feel successful. Um, and I definitely think that trying to work through that clutter. So it's just being able to help them find the piece that's really important to them. That's brought them to education to begin with, whether they're a student or a staff. I mean, there is a family here and we have to be able to declutter from some of the things that are overwhelming us or making us less confident right now so that we can walk in the direction that we know and are competent in. I think there's that feeling that they're walking in the dark right now, at least I guess from the teacher's perspective. And I think parents too, I'm hearing that from, but you know, we're hearing about teachers who can't sleep because they're trying to figure out you know, they were so grounded in what they did. They were so confident as teachers in real person brick and mortar environments, and that's been taken away from them. And what they're not trusting is that they can still build those relationships. But, you know, I heard my husband yesterday, he's the band director, and he said he feels like he's invisible uh, because he doesn't really get the kind of feedback that you need. It's delayed in your Zoom meetings and your Google meets, and you're not, you're not being acknowledged for what you do. Usually it's that physical proximity that really fills a teacher's cup and they no longer have that now. And I know that our parents are feeling pretty unsure about what this is supposed to look like too. So we really need to help reframe it for them because, you know, we're people and we all have these needs and we're going to fill each other's needs. And what I hear teachers saying is we're going to make this work. We just don't know how to do it yet. So a lot of struggle, but a, but a can do attitude. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Great. And, and so Jesse, you're going to kind of walk us through some of the, some of the ways that you're teaching teachers and kids how to, how to understand what's going on and then how to, how to cope with it in a couple of, couple of simple ways. Right. 
Yeah. And the first thing really is just recognizing like this is the human experience right now. We're all in a pandemic together. And so that in itself unifies us. And so when people need that need for connection, connection really simply is put that we're unified. And that's one thing Prescott Unified does is we're always striving to unify our community. And so remembering that connection just looks different. So it isn't in the brick and mortar yet, but it will be. And until then we can still reach out. And so one of the best things about being able to do these Zoom meetings with staff right now and students is that they just love seeing each other. And so being able to show up in that space and now in the classroom setting, they're still being able to show up online and connect and see each other. And maybe they share a laugh, maybe they share some confusion, but again, it's that shared experience and recognizing that it just looks a little different. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's uncomfortable because it's not what we're used to, but it doesn't mean that it can't work. And so being able to be patient with that process. And I think the other piece too, you know, in the feeling of overwhelm that was shared, there was also people saying, you know what, I am taking such good care of myself now because I have a, an environment that is controlled right now. And so, and some of the um, anxiousness actually comes from, I wonder what this is going to look like as we re-enter. So I heard this, you know, this desire to be unified and recognizing that part of being unified is recognizing that we're all in the struggle together. And that can actually be a relief. I know a lot of people, a lot of kids that I've worked with, they always think that their struggle is theirs alone. And sometimes they think it's their fault. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's the piece. So when we get to talking about human needs, you know, typically we have about six basic needs that we all can relate to. So we have the need for certainty, but then we also have the need for uncertainty. And as you walk through these needs, you realize that they kind of compete with one another. And so that we have the need for significance, right? We want to know that we're achieving something great and we're leaving a legacy of some sort or we're, we're doing something good. But then we also have a need to be loved. We want to connect with people and we want to be unified. And we have the need to grow because we want to learn, but then we also have the need for contribution. So now that I've learned this, how do I give this back? And I've added a seventh of my own. I just think that there's this piece that we need to honor health. Health is a need. And if we're not feeling good, if our body has ailments or we're mentally just too cluttered in our mind, none of those other needs, we're not going to have the, the clarity or awareness around what we need. So it's being able to recognize that piece of self-care is really a foundational piece so that we can be more aware of what we're doing to help ourselves move in the direction that serves us and our community best. So Jesse, though, you know, you talk about those needs and we all got in the habit of learning how to kind of fulfill our own needs, mm -hmm. but everything's changed so much that now what can that look like? I guess that's, you know, what I see people struggling with is you know, normally I have a need for uncertainty. So I go travel and I go and on adventures, but I can't do that right now. And so, you know, as a teacher and a student and a human being, what are some other ways we could frame meeting our needs? Because it's not the same anymore. And I think that that's the, the best awareness right there is that it's going to look different. And so right now, the way that we meet the need, that, that was a perfect example. Like we used to just be able to get on a plane and, and fly and that's been taken away from us. So as much as we think we have certain things in our control, now we might have to whittle down the, our locus of control looks different and feels different. And so but we are still a very innovative, resilient person. And so we just need to say, okay, what need am I craving right now? And so maybe instead of getting it on a plane, we go on a new trail 
in Prescott because new is still new, right? We just got really used to, I kind of think of it as luxuries. We've had some luxuries taken from us. You know, when, when we wanted to turn on the sports channel and watch a good game, that there was some excitement and competition that we get to see, but it's not that we can't still see that. That's just going to look different now. And so we have to just adapt to the times of what is possible for us but then be creative. And so being able to say, you know, if I'm craving certainty, well, I can crave certainty because I still have, I can create what time I'm going to wake up. I can create my schedule today. And I'm going to say, this is what I need to make sure happens today. Or, you know what, this is what I'm going to make sure that I buy at the grocery store this week, because this is what I want to eat. And I think those things used to be taken for granted. Those were just kind of like to do's that we did, but now being intentional and saying, but I got to choose that. So it's, it's activating that choice within us. And a little later I'll, I'll share with you, you know, five C's that really kind of help for clarity and feeling fulfilled. And one of those C's is choice. It's, it's being able to say, I still have some things that I can choose. And so getting down to worrying about what I can choose versus what are the things that are out of my control. So by knowing that we have these basic needs and that they are really basic and that they can be fulfilled in different ways, it helps lower the amount of grief and, and, and crankiness, right? It's like Kelly can't travel, but she can go on a new trail. So it's not, it's not that Kelly needs to travel. It's that she recognizes that she needs something new and that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that need. It's, it's not bad to want something new. So we can fulfill those needs without having to do it the old way and, and get the same psychological and emotional benefit. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're trying to identify the feeling, you know, so when we're feeling uncertain, um, we want certainty. And so it's like, what can I do now to create some predictability? So maybe I create a new ritual for myself and maybe I say, you know what, every Sunday night I'm going to make spaghetti. Or every Sunday night, I'm going to call my grandma because again, you're just trying to create a ritual and something that's predictable. And so we just get to be creative now with what that looks like. And, and on the other side, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been staring at a computer every day. I need some uncertainty in my life. I need to not know what's on that screen. And so then that's where you get to be, you know, creative again. And you can say, okay, well, what new environment am I going to put? Am I going to walk around the square tonight? Am I going to go walk in a different neighborhood? You know, that's, we can do what we can, where we are with what we have. And I think that's the biggest piece is recognizing that we are enough and we have enough and we're not lacking anything. It's different. We're being stressed for sure. We're being challenged. And sometimes that challenge is feeling too much challenge and at a pace that's not good for us. But I think if we were to take that moment to pause and recognize, you know what, right now I'm not feeling seen. And so who can I reach out to and talk to that person? And it's almost like you have to activate what you want more of in your life and not wait for it. But I guess, Jesse, for me, when I think about what you're saying, those are all really good examples of what we could control. But I think the general feeling when I think about what the staff is experiencing and students and even parents that we're hearing from is that so much is out of their lotus of control. Mm-hmm. Whereas before a lot more of, you know, their schedules at school and at home was more in their control. And now they're trying to re-navigate. So, you know, what advice would you give for, yes, they can choose when they're going to call their grandmother and when they're going to eat spaghetti, but 
you know, on a scale of like what's education is really important to people. And it's become yeah. so clear to us how important it is. And so, you know, so much of it though, is the unknown and out of their control. So what would be some things that we could work with our staff and our students with that will give them that sense of, you know, yes, I can do my personal stuff, but when it comes to this environment of education, how do I, how do I, you know, meet my need of certainty? Sure. So a kind of funny thing I was sharing is just, you know, we have to think of it like a dresser. At some point, I think we need to be realistic with, we all have a certain level of capacity. And so right now we are all trying to fulfill our needs by doing what's on our agenda and we're getting tunnel vision. We're not maybe aware of everybody else. And so, you know, a dresser has a certain amount of drawers and you can fill it and it will look neat if you put the amount of clothes into the amount of drawers that's available. Well, I think what's happening right now as a community is we are all bringing a pile of clothes because this is my special pile. And I want to make sure that I have this pile because this is important. And now we're all putting it on this dresser and that dresser might be the parent or the student or the teacher. And, and we're saying, well, you need to find room for this, this pile of clothes. Well, so what's happening is now this dresser is maxed out of capacity. So that parent, that teacher, that student is feeling overwhelmed. And so the way that I kind of look at it, I'm like, there's, we have three options. We can either decide to remove some of the clothes so that, so, so we need to say no to some of the piles, but everybody feels like this is the most important pile. So that's tricky, right? So second option is, well, maybe we just need to get a different dresser. Maybe we need to be able to find a different system that allows for more piles or the latest one I've created is Sometimes we just have to embrace the pile of clothes that have now made it to the floor because it just does not fit in the dresser anymore, right? Right. And so we have to just say, like, if this is a mess and, and we might need to embrace the mess. We might need to find beauty in the chaos. And we might need to just say, this too shall pass. This will not last forever. Yeah, well, you know, you're saying that and what comes to my mind is trust. You know, they're like, you're saying everybody has their pile and they want their pile to be considered to be fitting into that dresser. And I think that, you know, I love your analogy of like, well, there's going to be some on the floor. Like right now we're trying to build the ship as we sail it in Prescott Unified School District, because we've never done this before. We don't know if we need a new dresser or if we need to pile stuff next to the dresser. But if they, if people will just trust that really, if the intention is there, the intention of we're going to do what's best for kids you know what, something's going to work out with the dresser. Like you're going to like decide what to get rid of and what not to get rid of. And the right things will end up in the dresser and our priorities will rise to the top. And we just have to trust that. Absolutely. And maybe letting go a little of what we think that has to look like mm -hmm. and, and just trusting the process that it's going to lead us to something even better maybe than we even ever could have imagined. But in that process, it's going to be uncomfortable at times. You know, I always use this analogy of the flower, but I just love it. Like before a flower blooms, it has to make its way through the dirt. And that's the hardest part. And it, it comes up against the dirt so many times and it hits it and hits it. And it feels like, why am I even doing this right now. And is there anywhere, what, where is beyond this piece? Cause this just feels dark and uncomfortable and hard. Right. And then what happens? It blooms. And now it is like in a whole nother world that it didn't even know existed while it was in the ground. And so I think we as humans have to trust that this process like COVID is, is dark and hard and feels lonely at times, but it doesn't mean that this is it. Like this is not the end. Like 
there is more out there. There's a, probably a whole new world of education that's actually being formed right now and evolving. And that can be really exciting. And that's the piece where maybe that's where we control what we're focusing on. We can, we can focus on the hard and the dirt and this is uncomfortable, or we can focus on the possibility of what's yet to come. Prescott Unified School District has been at the heart of our community for over 150 years. At PUSD, we create great education by holding high standards while honoring our core values and traditions. There truly is a place for every child every day in everybody's hometown school district. With this podcast, we intend to pull back the curtain for teachers, staff, and students so you can feel closer to leadership, more connected, and more informed about decisions and directions. We also want the whole community to join us here to cheer for our hometown Badgers and to remember what it feels like to be inspired by a teacher who takes the time to care about you and to feel the support of a community that values education. Be sure to visit prescottschools.com for up-to-the-minute details on openings and closings. Right on the homepage, there are links to parent and family support resources, as well as tips and tricks for successful distance education. Now, back to the episode. I guess what I, you know, struggle with when I talk to people to try to help them understand some of the concepts you're talking about is where do we start? Give me somewhere to start with. And yesterday when you you talked to our leaders, you gave us a little workshop. I think what they walked away with is you asked them, what's one thing you can do to take care of yourself? And that was a start. And I could feel like that sense of relief in those folks that, oh, okay, I, I can do that one thing. And so I'm just wondering, you know, this is all big picture. How, how can you narrow it down for us? Absolutely. So it's really about, you know, we operate out of inspiration or desperation. And what I always try to do with students or adults is I want to shift them from desperation to inspiration. And, and we can do that very quickly. So it's all about activating a different feeling for ourselves. And so maybe that looks like, you know what, this week, I'm going to make sure I go for a walk. I'm going to find a trail. I'm going to go for a, a 30 minute walk. I'm going to time it so that I know, and I can fit it in my day. Or maybe this week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a list down of everything that's in my mind right now. And then I'm going to circle my top three, because that's going to give you clarity. And so being able to say, I'm going to chunk down, I'm going to do this, or maybe today, I'm going to make sure that I drink eight cups of water. And so that's where it's like, we get to be simple back to the basic self care pieces, because then that generates inspiration more than desperation. And then the more you start to feel like you have control over your small environment, the less overwhelmed you're going to feel by the big outside external environment. And so really being able to get clear with what are the things that I need. So am I in nature? Have I moved my body today? Did I drink a cup of water? You know, have I read something inspirational? Have I gotten out of the news a little bit? Have I hugged my child today? Have I told my staff member, I really appreciate you. You know, that's where you got to get back to the basic of the human need. Right now, just, we have all this. Me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm checking those boxes off in my mind as you go. And I didn't, I didn't check all of yeah. them. I didn't, I didn't get 100% on that list. And I think part of, you know, the overwhelm was like, we know what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. This is what's wonderful about living in the 21st century is that we have so many wonderful thinkers who've, you know, explained how to be a happier human being. But what we also, what I'm also hearing you say is we need to embrace the mess. So it's like, it's kind of a two part thing, like do what you can and have it be okay. If you don't get it, like I have not had water today. That's, 
I will do that as soon as we're done recording here. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And I think too, you got to recognize when I say these, these are just, you know, everybody has their own uh, recipe for success. So whenever a student or an adult leaves my set, my uh, office, I will say, you know, what's your three things. So it, it's not about comparison, right? Comparison kills joy. So we cannot compare ourselves to the neighbor next door or to the the office mate next to us or the family down the street. Like you have to be able to figure out what is your recipe for success and, and get clear about that. And so yesterday I talked about this word decision. Decision is so powerful. We need to decide means to cut off and we have to cut off the things that are not important to us and maybe not working for us. And then when we cut that off, when we declutter, so if we're going back to those pile of clothes, we have to be really realistic. Like we're not going to keep every shirt because every shirt does not have the same level of importance to us. And so when I think we can go through that pile of shirts and then we can say, you know what, if I had to pick my top three shirts, these would be the three. So then if everybody could do that, say, I'm going to pick my top three things that really mean the most to me, then I bet you we would have space to fit in the dresser. Yeah. And I love what you said, Jesse, like, let's just pick a few things that we, we, those little things will make a big difference in the bigger things. And just picking a few things that we want to know that I'm going to anchor myself in these three things. I love that. And, and really thank you because I just feel like that's the piece. Like we just have to remember. And in those three things, what I would challenge and what I had to really work through myself was like, what's my strength in this? Like when I think of setting us up for success, like we want to lean into what our strength is instead of trying to become the expert in every area. Like I know that my strength is not to be a kindergarten teacher. And so guess what? I have a friend down the road who is a homeschool teacher. And now it's wonderful because now she's helping me with my kids. And then I get to do what I feel like I'm strong at and setting myself up for success. And so it's really about identifying what are our strengths that we want to lean into and put ourselves in those environments so that we can feel confident and confident because that's what we're craving right now. We are all feeling so frazzled and like we're failing and falling. And so I think if we can recognize like we are falling and we're probably failing at some things every day, <laughs> but that's where like I had to decide to look at the mess on my floor and say, yeah, for now it's there. And that's okay. That doesn't define me. I'm not a messy person. I'm not going to be this way forever. But for right now, that is not a battle that I need to pick. And that's okay because I can trust that somebody else is going to be thinking of that as well. And it's not all on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so I think recognizing who, who has the strength that we're craving and reaching out and communicating that. And right now we have those teachers. And so the teachers don't know what they don't know. And so mm -hmm. as parents, if you're a parent out there, reach out, tell them what your need is, tell them what you're struggling with because their hearts are there. They are there like they were inside that mortar building, but they're still there in that computer screen. And so being able to reach out and say, this is what I need. And this is where I'm at. Or this week, I don't think that we're going to be able to get all of those assignments in. Um, is there another way that I can be measured for my attendance this week? Because right now we have this, this, and this going on. If we could just pause and, and see the human on the other side, then we say, you know what, they're probably feeling something too. And then we can create that conversation of connection. I love and that. And from there we have clarity for our solution, right? So now it's like, now I can lower the expectation. And half of what I'm finding is that people are putting these expectations on themselves. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to navigate what we think is being expected of us. But how often do we check in to like really, you know, clarify that? Right. right. Absolutely. I think teachers are putting a lot of pressure on themselves right now. And 
and I guess that would be my hope for teachers too, that they would reach out and let their leaders know what their needs are and what's working and what isn't. And not just kind of assuming that we have to carry on as we always have, because that's not going to work. So I love that. Let's ask for what we need. That's a good, that's a good tip. So not be so hard on ourselves, lower the expectations on ourselves a little bit, embrace the mess a little bit, Mm -hmm. let it be okay. Let it, let it be okay for other people as well, because they're also should be reducing the expectations on themselves and embracing their own mess, embrace each other's mess, I guess, and, and, and reach out and communicate and ask for help is what I'm hearing. That's a great way to sum it up. Thank you. You know, and I'm guessing those of you who are listening to this podcast right now who aren't in the school system, I'm guessing all of these tips, all of this wisdom is really useful if you have employees, really useful if you're trying to run a business, if you're trying to stay employed, if you're trying to get work, if we can we can take some of these ideas, you know, that Jesse's sharing and, and spread them around, maybe things will be a little bit easier for everybody. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I think Prescott's doing a great job. I think Prescott's doing a, doing a fantastic job of, of weathering the storm, but you know, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of at the end of the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're at the beginning of the middle at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So Jesse, you've got, you've got some C's that you wanted to share with us, some character traits, some, some, I guess the character trait is one of the C's, right? you know, these character traits. So we all have kind of these pieces that we will lean more into that feel more comfortable for us. So like for what, for me, one of my character traits that I love is like zest, right? So for me, I like to kind of dive into that high energy or perspective. I love to like understand people's perspective. And so when I'm putting myself into some situations that allow me to activate those strengths, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel more at ease. I'm going to feel more comfortable. Okay. And so you want to be able to recognize what are some of your character traits that you really value and are you doing anything with those? Do you get to activate those at all throughout your day? If computer and technology is not a trait that you really like, and now you're on it all day long, there's got it. You got to find a way to balance that out. Right? So if your character trait is like, I like to be outdoors then you're going to have to be strategic. There's some strategy that needs to come to this. We can't refault, like rely on our default setting anymore. A sports team that just says, well, you know, I like basketball. So I'm just going to go out and play some basketball. That's not how, you know, we win championships, right? We've got to have some strategy. We have to know the barriers that are going to be in front of us and educate ourselves enough to say, okay, this is my system for success. And I trust it. I trust my system and I trust the system that is in my community. So that's our school district. And so when we can put those things in place, now we have a strategy and guess what that strategy gives us. That gives us like a sense of calm that it's not all fly, you know, fly by the seat of our pants. And I think if we have too much fly by the seat of our pants, that's when we lose some of our good energy because now we're like putting all this energy into worry because we don't have the strategy. So I just really want to empower people like a strategy is good. It's, it's helpful. So think about some of the character traits that you really value um, in your life and make sure that you're putting them into your day. So maybe that's, I'm almost thinking like a, like a chessboard. like, these are, these yeah. are the pieces, these are the, or, you know, maybe for a younger person, a, you know, a deck of magic cards, like these are my powerful cards. These are my powerful pieces. I'm not yeah. going to keep them in my pocket. I'm going to put them in the right place on the board. I'm going to play them at the right time with intention rather than just letting my usual 
the way it kind of worked in the past, keep working because that's and it takes some self awareness and it takes it takes some uh, takes some energy for sure. Jesse, you, you, one of the other C's is choice. Yes, definitely. So, right, we all get to, for the most part, start to try to choose some of the activities and maybe the amount of time we get to do them is different right now, but you can be intentional about choosing what kind of activities that you're going to, or discussions you're going to take part in. And so when you're thinking of what are, what gives me life? Like, and that's going to be the piece that looks different for everybody. It's like no grandma's cookie ever tastes the same because each grandma is going to add their own little element to like make that grandma's cookie. Or like in my case, my grandma makes an amazing chili. What makes her chili great is she adds peas. Now, some people think that's wild, right? But for me, that's life-giving. I love it. So a lot of these strategies is really about asking yourself some of these questions. Like, what do I get energized by? And what like gets me really excited? And I know that if I do this one activity, then I'm actually going to gain energy instead of drain energy. And so when I know that I partake in a really meaningful conversation, totally energizing. Or if I know that I go for a walk in the morning, totally energizing. Now, Charles, I know you play guitar. So maybe when you're playing guitar, totally energizing, right? Or Kelly, when you listen to a really good podcast, totally energizing. And so I think for our listeners, you got to think through what are the activities of your day that really energize you? What energizes your kids? You know, I my little guy loves to play outside. He loves throwing the football right now. So I know if I can give him 10 focused minutes of throwing that football later on when we have to do something, maybe we're not super excited to do, he's going to be more available because his need in that moment was met. And so really being strategic with your kids and your staff and saying, and, and our families, like, what is a cup filler? Because this is, we have to be smart, right? We're in this for the long haul right now. We have to persevere. And so we want to be strategic with what kind of activities that we're putting in there that can add energy versus always take energy. Right. Okay. I'm guessing it's really challenging because a lot of those require a change in habit and to not take something for granted. You know, teachers who weren't used to really focusing on relationship and we're really used to just focus on, and we're going to get through these units. We're going to get, we're going to get some high quality learning going on here are having to recognize that that learning is not going to take place without the relationship, you know, and the, and the healthy habits and the, even the habits that give me energy, there's a little bit of, to use a chemistry term, right? There's a little bit of activation energy required for me to go, Oh, I have to get over my shame about not having played my guitar and just know that I'm going to feel better in 15 minutes. Really, you have to focus on the feeling that you want to have, not the feeling that you're currently having. Mm -hmm. That's good. So that's a really big piece. Like that's, and that's where that kind of discipline comes in or that decision-making process there, you know, like there is going to be some of the ick that we just have to decide, like, how long do I want to stick in the ick? We can't wait for the want. We, we just have to trust the process of knowing that if I do these things, then the feeling that I'm craving will come. Wow. I, we, that, uh, we could just repeat that section over and over again right, for this podcast. Right. That's, that's, that's so wise. That's so fantastic. You're, you're changing my life, Jess. My, <laughs> my day, my day, my week is going to be completely different. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I only know these things because I go through them. I mean, I get stuck in it too. And I just, and, and it's so funny because like, I'll say, I know what I'm supposed to do. Or my husband, will you know, try to repeat a line out of my book. And I'll say, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but I know that in that moment, that 
I, this stuff works and you just got to trust it. Right. And that's really the message. It's like, we all need hope right now because this, we feel helpless. And I think getting to that place, like hope is still there. And sometimes we just need to activate our hope. It's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I noticed that one of the, one of the other C's is challenge. Yes. Haven't we been challenged enough already? You got more challenge for us? Oh, no. So this is just recognizing <laughs> what challenge does to us. So again, some of this is just awareness. So whenever we're starting to feel overwhelmed or we're feeling unfulfilled or, or sad, it might be because we have too much challenge, right? And so then the goal would be is if we have too much challenge, what are some easy wins that we can set up? And that's kind of that place of capacity. So when we're feeling overchallenged, maybe we have to call it. Maybe there's something in there that we have to just say, you know what, I'm not going to force this any longer. Like I just have to communicate what my need is and there's got to be another way. And that's where you start to look in that proactive language of like, you know what, there, there is an alternative. I can do this or I will tell somebody what I need instead of feeling like, Oh, I can't do it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. So you're saying that challenges normally would make us happy, but when we are overloaded by a challenge as in now, then we need to be realistic and say that, you know, it's not attainable for me to be the perfect teacher right now. Right. And so I just need to like, know that these challenges, I need to take a little, like maybe even break it down the challenge rather than thinking I'm going to be the best distance learning teacher there is to, I'm just going to learn how to make connections with my students online. That yeah. That's going to be enough of a challenge for me. Absolutely. Because again, remember, you're just, the challenge is invigorating when it meets your skill level. And so that's where you want to lean into the level of skill that you have, which really leads into that strength piece, right? So these are all connected. And so these aren't like more big to do's, they all flow into one another. And so it's kind of like when you're in this flow, these are the things that happen. So if we have too much challenge, we're overwhelmed. If we have too little challenge, we're bored. So we really want that sweet spot where my skill level and my strength meets the challenge at hand. And so if you're on either end of that spectrum right now, the question I would ask you is what is something that you can make sure you're adding to set yourself up for success and know that, that you have the skill and that's your strength. And now you can meet that person or that project with that. Because I love that. Because you're saying that if I would just remind, remind myself what my character trait is, my strength, then that can help me meet the challenge. But if I forget that and put that to the side, thinking there's no room for that here in this new environment, then I am not going to meet the challenge. I have to meet the challenge with the strengths that I have. I can't meet the challenge with something that's unknown. I, I love that. Like just constantly reminding yourself of what your challenge is. I kind yeah. of have a, a, you know, a personal story of, of trying to use what I thought was supposed to be the strength, right? I became the executive director of an organization and I stopped using my interpersonal strengths and my strength of empathy and my strength of warmth. And I started using the kind of the top down boss strengths that I thought were called for. And I got in a lot of trouble. I nearly lost my job and I made people unhappy. And then I remembered to use my true strengths, my strengths of listening, empathy, trust, team building, and we succeeded wildly. That's a good example. And, and just out of curiosity, Charles, how do you feel when you step into those character traits versus trying to force different ones? 
uh, night and day when I'm, when I'm true to myself, when I'm in integrity, when I'm true to my strengths, I feel much more powerful. There's a smile on my face. Uh, I feel supported by other people instead of alone and lonely and martyred. And, and I'm just curious. So then do you, what is your level of stress in that environment versus when you're forcing a trait that you think somebody has put upon you? Yeah. When I started operating from my true strengths, my true integrity, I started feeling like I wasn't working enough because it was just too easy. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take, and I was able to take on other, other projects. I was able to take on a whole new grant writing project that involved, involved my, my, my true strengths. Yeah. And so that's the piece that I want to communicate with our audience big time is like, trust that your strengths will lead you through this and that you have them and, and you just need to remember what they are. And then you need to adapt them to the current times and you need to recognize. So like before this, I wasn't even working with staff, but then it was like, well, what is a way that my role can still be utilized during this time when students aren't connecting as much? Well, now how, who can I connect with? Because connection, that's my trait, right? I love to connect. So I'm going to hold on to that piece because that's the strength. So now I just have to find a new audience to connect with. Mm. And that's where kind of this all was birthed from. And so that's where the piece for the student, if you know, if a student is a hands-on learner, then maybe the parent says to the teacher, look, we weren't able to do that worksheet tonight, but we did cook and he helped me make dinner. And so I want you to know these things were met. So, you know, I just maybe playing around with some of these ideas of like leaning into the strength of the student or the family and recognizing what that will look like then with the teachers and how we can make that work as a community. That's great. You know, I'm kind of curious how you'd answer this question, you know, because I was in business, even though it was nonprofit, I had access to all of these strength finders and and self-assessment tools to figure out what my strengths were. If you're either a 10-year-old kid or you're a busy family, do you have some tips for how people can figure out what their character traits or what their strengths are? Yeah, I would say if you feel uh, lightened up by it, like if, if you're like in your sweet spot where you're starting to feel like life is feeling clear and making sense to you, then that's a good indicator that you are doing something that um, is natural to you, right? It's kind of like going up. Uh, my my husband used to always call me that I was the salmon that would go upstream because I was so persistent. And, and I thought, well, that's, that's a really nice compliment. But then I thought, is that really smart though? Do I always <laughs> want to be going upstream, right? Against the current. Against the current. Yeah. Do I, you know, is there maybe another way to do this? And so I think it's just kind of recognizing that in yourself. Like if you feel like, like you even shared in your story, Charles, like when you feel like it's always an uphill battle, that might be an indicator that there's more force than flow and really kind of stepping into things that seem natural and are life giving versus constantly life taking, because we all have this light inside us that just wants to burst out. And we just like, I think our trick maybe is, and like our whole point of being is like, figure out what that light is. And then you share it. And we're doing that, then that is like, we're really connected then. And that's that other C is like getting connected. We need to be connected to ourselves so we can be aware. We need to be connected to source and we need to be connected to each other. And when we're in connection through conversation or circle, I mean, that's the stuff that it really feeds our soul and feeds our human need. And so they really work together again. Just remember that these aren't more to do's, but these are things that complement each other so that we show up differently. 
Well, I'm just thinking the connection piece right now is such a big issue because we're not getting to see that much of each other in person. I remember when we first started these Zoom meetings back in March when we started meeting as a leadership team and meeting, I was so dissatisfied. I felt grumpy. Every time I got off of Zoom, I was grumpy. And I was like, oh, this just isn't doing it for me. And someone said, oh, yeah, well, there's something that happens chemically in our bodies when we're with other people in close close proximity. And I'm like, okay, but how do I replicate that? And I would have to say that it's gotten better for me because people now know how to read each other's body language and facial expressions, even on Zoom. So I think, again, we have to be adaptable to know that connection is a need for us and it is something we need to be purposeful and intentional about. And I think our, like, our teachers I know right now are really making an effort to figure out how do I connect with these kids, not just assign them things to do, but connect with them. And I was just thinking about the, the study that shows that even if we just rub our own arms lightly while talking to somebody else, it releases oxytocin, which is the hug chemical, which is that connecting chemical. I actually just had a, um, a teacher share with me that she has a cat. She said this, the, the part that's been the hardest for her is being alone. And then she finally realized like, maybe I need to access my cat, like, and just like sit with my cat and pet my cat. And it was great. So then during our session yesterday, she brought the cat in and it was wonderful. And, um, that part though, that awareness for her, that was like, well, whenever I am starting to feel alone, maybe I'm not always looking for it to be a human being. Maybe like you said, Charles, I can give myself a self hug or I can, I mean, as silly as this sounds, but these are the times that we're in and we need to remember that these are still things that we can set ourselves up for success with. And so that's a pet, you know? Um, so identify again, going back to identifying the basic need. Oh, I feel lonely. I need connection. Yeah. Not getting the connection that I want through the zoom call. Hmm. Hmm. Let's do a science here. Where's the cat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even reaching out for a one-on-one, -on -one. you know, a lot of these things right now are in groups and group dynamics are very different as you know. And so people are going to show up different in a group than they would if I just called them up individually and did a one-on-one -on -one zoom. And so just recognizing that if you are curious about somebody, if maybe somebody's in your class and they haven't really shown their full personality, maybe you want to do a one-on-one -on -one with them and, and you don't want to make it even about business. You can just talk about, Tell me what was uh, fun for you. You know, in our family, we always do high-low buffalo every night. And I think I shared this in the last time I talked to you, but it's just really fun because it, it kind of goes through the spectrum of like, this was something that was really exciting for me today. This was something that was really crappy. And then this was something that made me laugh. And don't we all just need to laugh a little? I mean, I think laughter in itself releases that oxytocin too. And so, you know, watching a comedy. And so if you're craving that piece of, um, you know, just connection to like humor again and, and like life not being feeling so heavy, you know, maybe we just have to watch comedy. <laughs> okay. So Jesse, I'm curious, we've got four C's going. What's the fifth one? Okay. So we have a choice. We have connection. We have character trait and we have, challenge, um, you said, okay. So the last one is great. It's we end with caring hmm. and that is wonderful because that's two twofold. We can care for ourselves, which is the self-care piece, which I think, you know, when we talk about laughter and even if we take a moment to like, make sure that the people around us are laughing, that just shifted them into this state of like, 
lightness that we're all craving. And I think just knowing that those are the moments that if we want to use our creativity, creating some components of that humor piece or creating that piece of intimacy that people are missing out on right now. And just knowing that. So just thinking of that care and you can care for self and then you can care for others. So we can do that through surprises, which is a good uncertainty or giving, or, you know, um, you know, like we talked about in the community, being able to share childcare resources and say, you know, Hey, I'm going to take your kids tonight. You guys go and have a date night. And then, you know, or with people in the community, maybe if you don't have kids, it's like thinking, okay, Hey, do we want to try to connect this week? And, um, is there something that I can bring you over for dinner? you're utilizing and you're, you're tapping into those human needs. Like, again, trust that that's what unifies us. We all have them. And so maybe recognizing like, how can I be that gift to somebody else and, and activate care? Because when I care in that capacity for somebody, then that's a gift to me as well. Yeah. I like that. I think that uh, like a, a really kind email um, or a kind text to somebody is so simple. You're thinking about it anyway. Why not act on it? And not only are you making the other person feel good by what you're saying, which is genuine and sincere, I'm sure, but also it makes you feel good. That's great. The, the universal theme that I'm seeing through this whole conversation is working on our ability to not be stuck in ourselves at the time that we're at. That caring is about thinking about other people. Uh, thinking about our strengths is being able to even sort of step outside of ourselves and look back at our character traits, look back at our strengths. And that, that thing about not being stuck in our emotions and knowing that something's going to be different later. So right now in where I'm at right now with the thoughts that I have right now, I don't have a lot of potential. But if I can step to one side a little bit and see myself a little bit more clearly, start seeing other people more clearly, understand my own needs, understand my own emotions, and then be brave enough to do an experiment, try something different, I don't have to be right where I am right now. And I think that that's the huge pieces. I love when you set it up as like a challenge or an experiment, because again, this is just trial and error because these are... They're, they're new times, but just also recognize that we've all been in change before. And so there can be a confidence in that. And so as you recognize how you've navigated change in the past, you still have those skills within you to be successful. You know, maybe that means you have to set yourself a goal and just get really clear. Like what's one thing this week I'm going to do and, and make sure that I write down and then I'm going to provide myself with some support for that. So maybe I'm going to reach out to one friend or I'm going to get a group of people that I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to text. I'm going to say, please follow up with me next week on this. And then you're just going to set yourself up with the space that really inspires you. And so People have that choice right now. Some people are in their homes. Some people are back in their offices. Be intentional with your space and make sure that maybe you can't clean the entire room, but you've cleaned off one corner, right? And that's okay for this week. We're just making progress. And, and the good news about progress is that's all we really need to feel fulfilled. It's not really about climbing the biggest mountain. It's just making sure that I'm taking steps on, on them. It's not even about always making it to the top. It's like, in being in motion and emotion creates emotion. Fantastic. So let's, let's come right back in a second and, and here's some more tips from Jessica. You've been listening to the Prescott unified podcast where we are unified. I sure hope you, our listener are getting as much out of this conversation as I am. 
Jesse has actually inspired me to play my guitar more often and more intentionally as a way to reset my day when I get overwhelmed. I hope you are hearing a specific action you can take or teach as well. And just a reminder, this podcast is for you, whether you are staff, student, teacher, parent, or community member. If you are interested in the impact and history POSD has had on our small Western town, or if you want to learn helpful strategies to navigate our social and emotional needs in these new times, you're in the right place. After just an hour a month of this podcast, we know you will feel more connected to the people, lessons, and history that make PUSD such a special place. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Your phone likely already has a podcast app built right in, or you can follow the podcast on Spotify on your desktop computer or laptop. And now back to the rest of the episode. All right, everybody, we're back with the Prescott Unified podcast talking with Kelly Bradstreet and Jessica Stickle. We've been all over the map of sort of personal development and and caring and character traits and using our strengths and to deal with COVID, which is another C. Um, <laughs> but Kelly, you had a, a way to kind of uh, wrap this all up for us. Right. I, I think we need to kind of come back to the beginning where, you know, where we are right now, all of us as a society, as a school district, and that is we're still living in all of that uncertainty and it doesn't feel comfortable. And you've given us a lot to think about, Jesse. You've given us really big ideas to ponder and you've even given us some examples within that. But how can you, what can you leave us with today that will help us feel better about the uncertainty and and grasp onto some more certainty and just move us forward. Just give us that baby step, if you will. Absolutely. So this is one of my favorite activities. And whenever I'm starting to feel out of control, this is what I do um, with my husband or with my family. And so we make, it's another C, it's a circle. We make a circle and we have a circle of control. And then we write the circle of concern and we all have them. And if you just want to create that visual for yourself to kind of see where you're balanced or not, so in the circle of control, you write down all the things that you have control over. And so examples of that would be, what am I reading? What am I buying? What am I listening to? How am I moving my body? What time am I waking up? What am I thinking about? What am I saying with my words, right? So I think sometimes those things just seem like they're on autopilot. But if we really pause and say, actually, I have control over those things. And so that's one circle. And then in the second circle, you write down all the things that are of concern. So maybe it's COVID. Is it going to end? Is there going to be a cure? What are they saying on the news? When is school going to really start in session? Are we going to have to leave school once we start school? So just becoming aware because I think that there's so much power in recognizing the things that are of concern to you because you don't ever want to put those away and pretend that they aren't there, right? It's kind of like you want to get rid of the swamp that makes the mosquitoes. You don't want to just always have to buy bug spray, right? <laughs> in order to really get rid of the mosquito. And so by identifying the two circles, so you have your circle of control and then your circle of concern. And what happens is when you can put more energy into your circle of control. So for example, for me, when I was able to walk away from always worrying about what was next with the school or what was next in the news. And I said, you know what, every day I'm going to commit from six to 7am, I'm going to walk. And while I walk, I'm going to drink my vitamin water. So for me, that's my two things that I can control and I can make sure that I get up. 
But my strategy had to be, I have to communicate that now with my husband, right? So there's always going to be somebody that you're probably going to want to communicate with when you identify what are the things that you need control over to really help you feel more confident in today's times. And so picking those two things and what happens is when you start to put action and motion into those two things, and you could pick five, but I'm saying for this week to start small, just pick two things. And when you combine maybe things together, that is even more helpful. And so recognizing that when I'm walking and I'm drinking my vitamin drink, I'm already, I got two wins walking out my door, right? And so when I'm doing those things and I'm activating all of that, now I come at that circle of concern, that circle of concern isn't as big anymore. I promise you that's the gift that happens. So when you put your energy into the things that you can control and the goals that you have for yourself at this point that don't have to involve so many other people, then you start to feel this inner sense of certainty that will exude out instead of the opposite happening where the external is now taken over our internal. Yeah, that is a gift. That's really good concrete advice. I I think everybody, it doesn't matter if you're in the district or outside of the district could, could use that. We just need to make ourselves aware. And again, that word intention keeps coming to my mind for that. Yeah, I'm thinking about everything from a 12-year-old who's really missing her friends and not knowing whether she's going to get to spend time with them, not having any control over that, being able to say, well, I have control over how I show up on social media with my friends. Mm -hmm. I can put some thought into how to be kind and welcoming and and whatever in that way and not worry so much about what the superintendent is going to do about whether or not I get to hang out with my mm -hmm. friends or what the governor is going to do mm -hmm. or a, or a business owner who's like, I don't know what my customers are going to, when they're going to come back, how they're going to come back, but I can have control over how I treat my employees or mm -hmm. how I treat my uh, husband or wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, I think one of the things that we can do around COVID is we know there's going to be a vaccine, you know, there's going to be some new normal that's not going to be like this. And those of us who kind of live in that circle of control are going to be better suited to, to succeed yeah. and thrive uh, when there's more freedom and, and, and more opportunities to, to be together. Absolutely. Because the only constant thing is change. And if it's not COVID, it's going to be something else. And so when you can really anchor yourself in recognizing how empowering it is to control that circle of control and really recognize that those things are always accessible to you. That's when you start to be less affected by all of the bigger things out there. They still definitely can impact our day to day, but then there's this internal power that comes from you that you now bring to all of that. Wow. 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 So I hope everybody listening to this podcast goes ahead and takes Jesse's assignment. And go ahead and go ahead and draw those two circles. You don't have to turn it in. You're not going to be graded, but go ahead and draw those two circles and, and put some more energy into the circle that you control. Thanks so much, Jessica, for leading us through all of this stuff. I can tell how passionate you are. I know our listeners can tell because they can hear you pounding on the table. They know how much you care about everybody listening and how much you care about the, the students and staff at PUSD and the community at large. And, and Kelly, I think your, your compassion and your passion for your coworkers and your institution shines through as well. I really appreciate you being on this podcast today, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much for hosting. 
and I hope you all continue to listen. We're going to be releasing these podcasts throughout this academic year, no matter what happens, whether we're in class, out of class, hybrid, we'll be, we'll be releasing these podcasts so that you all know more about what's going on with POSD and get a sense for how kids are being treated, how staff are being treated, and how education is continuing during this tough time. Thank you everybody so much for listening. <laughs>